Hey. That's a solid one. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bringing it in this week with the uh, best darn 12 minutes in real estate and mortgage podcast in the world. If you haven't heard it before, it doesn't take long. That's the beauty of it. People can tune in and tune out. Yeah. Here with uh, Patrick Ali, who is becoming like uh, the resident go-to guy on the podcast. How are you this morning, I'm Patrick? Do- I'm doing good. I'm Jim, doing good. Good 4th of July? I did. It's my dad's birthday is the 4th. So oh, it is? Yeah, we hung out a little bit, cooked nice. him dinner, and then lit off a couple of fireworks. Had That's a good time. good. How then, old is your pops? Uh, he'll be he's 75 this year. Really? Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah. Sort of the three quarters of the way there he kind is of a thing. still working every day, too. I like that. Yeah. That's good. And uh, Casey Walmsley making a uh, guest appearance this week on the show. Hola. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I like it. What's We're gonna, your last name? Well, <laughs> you're always Walmsley to me. Something. You know, I don't know. It would go with Andrews. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's married and maiden for those of you at home keeping score. Uh, <laughs> married uh, seven months ago? Close, yeah. Okay. About eight. Eight? Yeah, okay. Close, November. Nice. So. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. So this week uh, on the show, we've got a, a host, and, and uh, Casey is um, uh, at Hall Financial, our operations guru. So when a loan comes into process, uh, she takes care of it from A to Z after we turn it in. So she's got a unique perspective on what's going on with the market, what she sees with clients. And so I think it's going to be really interesting to have her on the show today because uh, we'll, we'll get into some things that, that she's seeing that uh, maybe we don't always cover, right. you know, from our angle, which is good. Um, you know, we <laughs> talked last week. I just want to got a few subjects here. We talked last week about down payment, and I think that down payment – is just a really interesting subject. And one of the things that I feel strongly about is clients that have, you know, whatever they have in the bank, let's say they have $15,000 in the bank. And a lot of times they use every penny for towards their down payment, towards their escrows, their right. prorations, all the things you have to pay up front to get into a home. And then, you know, all of a sudden they got a house and they don't have any money left in their account or very little compared to if they would have put less down, maybe taken a little bit higher payment, but had more cash reserves. I've just seen it so many times. I just wanted to get both of your perspectives on it because I always advise clients that you got to have some padding, some cushion in that bank account. And they say, well, but my payment's going to go up, you know, $80 or $60 or whatever it is. And I mean, it's just, you know, I guess it's part of being an expert in this is uh, just like when I go to buy something and I don't know that much about it. What I advise people all the time is, have some stowaway money for sure. Right. Don't put every last penny down, you know, just to try and get the lowest payment. Well, and it just it just doesn't make sense to me to, you know, you're already going into debt. <clears throat> One of the best lines that I see at the closing table is, hey, congratulations, you're in debt. Yeah. And so why push yourself into a deeper hole by depleting all of your savings? Right. And now, you know, at the end of the day, you're returning pot bottles to, to pay your mortgage. Yeah. When you can, you know, have a little bit of a cushion. There's so many creative ways that we, we can help you as, as loan officers and how real estate agents can help you to get into a home for cheap um, or, it, you know, to make it easier on you. Why spend the money when you can now have a little bit extra to, you know, furnish your house by set up your cable? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things. Set up your cable, set up all your utilities and and kind of roll that way. And in case you probably see that more um, while you're in process is that, you know, you have clients that end up coming back to us and saying, well, like, I don't I don't have enough money now. Yeah. I always suggest to first-time home buyers, especially, to write out a list 
write out a list of what you think goes into buying a house. Because a lot of people, like I said, you forget about cable bills, switching utility bills into your name. It's not just about the mortgage payment. Of course, that's important. But like to your point, David, and, and yours too, Pat, you don't want to dump everything into the, you know, the loan and then have nothing as a reserve or a cushion to help you. Because those emergencies will come up, yeah. unfortunately. That's just the beauty of being a homeowner is that you have your own place to call your own those things are going to come up and you need to be prepared. Yeah. And I, I think that, you know, the 3% down and the 5% down programs are out there uh, so that folks can utilize them to their advantage. Even, even some people who have like, let's say they have the 20%, but they're barely there, you know, 10 or 15% is above the national average on right. what to put down on a home. So I just think sometimes people get caught up in, they're trying to get to that 20%. They don't want to pay right. PMI or a little bit of a higher rate. But at the same time, keeping some of your own cash in your pocket, it's it's worth a lot. Right. And, and we need to make sure we're talking and, about and that. And we talked about it a little bit last week. I like week. the list idea, too. It's good it because is. it becomes very real. Right. You're, you're literally writing down everything you're accountable for. Yeah. It isn't, you know, and maybe you do make a decision. You know, we, we did it. We ditched cable recently. Yeah. And it's been great because that's not a need. You know, yeah. that's not a necessity. That's I don't a know, sports center for me. <laughs> oh, we still, I mean, we're still getting Big Ten networks. Oh, you so are? Oh, okay, yeah. okay, oh, yeah. that was okay. That was priority. But, okay. you know, you got to find that sweet spot of, you know, how much can you spend, how much should right. you spend. So when you're writing things down, you're just, you're you're forcing yourself to be accountable and really take it seriously on, on what you're, you're doing. You're not just buying a car or, you know, yeah. you're, you're buying a house. Yeah. It puts life into perspective a little bit, I think. really for does. Sure. Yeah. You know, one thing that I get a lot of questions on here, just kind of shifting gears, because I think it'd be interesting to get both of your perspectives. Patrick is very, very knowledgeable about guidelines. His clients rave about him. Casey, obviously, has processed and closed thousands of loans in her career. Is, you know, my spouse being on the loan or not being on the loan? And we see this a lot because spouses' credit scores differ. Mm -hmm. uh, their past situations differ. Maybe they got married a year ago and one person has had great credit forever. Maybe somebody had financial troubles, whatever it is. How do you determine, like, given the advice, and I'd like to hear from both of you mm -hmm. because I think it's an interesting, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith are buying a home, you know, and, and I'm making up the scenario and you guys yeah. can make up your own, but, you know, maybe Mrs. Smith makes more money than Mr. Smith, but Mr. Smith has the better credit. And so, like, kind of figuring all that out right. to get them qualified for the best program, it takes somebody who has a background in this business. A lot of people in this business, they just haven't been doing it a long time, so they don't know the ins and outs. I thought that would be interesting to share because I mm -hmm. think that there are a lot of very interesting situations out there. And maybe somebody's thinking, well, we can't buy a house because my husband doesn't have good credit or vice versa. Well, they actually could. And I don't know, Patrick, Casey, you want to take it on first? Yeah, I, I would just say it, sometimes the obvious answer isn't always the immediate answer. And that's why we push our loan officers to dig deep, find out what the five-year plan is. You know, maybe doing the conventional loan with one spouse makes more sense and putting the more money down. But if it makes more sense to go FHA and save some money and only do the other spouse because they need money later down the road, you know, maybe that's the better option. So I always say, get all the facts, but don't make it just about what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. Check into what is gonna happen in three to five years. Are they planning, you know, kids? What's the pricing at right now? Like, there's so many different variables right now with mortgages that it isn't a one-stop answer. You mm -hmm. really have to 
dig deep and look at the whole picture and ultimately determine what makes the most financial I sense. Think, I think I'm going to quote you on that, <coughs> by the way, today, because the best ob- answer isn't always the obvious answer, yeah, right? Yeah. Or the immediate. I mean, I think that's really good. you got to dig deep. For sure. That's a good, that's a good tagline yeah. for the podcast. Yeah, today. it's, it's there you good. Go. Yeah. Uh, it, well, and, and another thing that you got to look at, too, is, is a lot of people have this stigma against, like, both because both people live in the home, both people have to be on the mortgage, and it's not always the case. You know, um, wife or husband might make a little bit more money, but don't have as good as credit. Well, the other one, the other spouse may uh, not make as much money, still qualifies for the loan, but has excellent credit. Well, okay, so the, the loan program is going to look a little bit better for you. But at the same time, now you realize that there's a there's a whole other income that you're not accounting for. Mm-hmm. So when you go back to write down a list of everything that's going to happen afterwards and life is put into perspective a little bit better for you, now you realize that we didn't even account for this entire, you know, $60,000 a year that you're making. Yeah. And, you know, so your, your debt or debt to income, which is the money you pay out versus the money you receive, is not stretched so thin. So it just makes a ton of sense. And and both spouses can always be on title. I mean, you're still attached to the home. Yeah, well, that was the next question that I yeah. always get is, well, can we both be on title, right. though, even if one is only on the mortgage? And the answer is yes. Right. You know, the other thing that I think is just interesting about this is that if I threw out a percentage, and I'm going to throw it out there and you guys can say higher or lower, but I would say 15% of loans, that maybe is a touch high, but a bigger number than people think one person's on the loan and one isn't. What do you guys think about 15%? Am I in the ballpark? You think it's higher or lower, Casey? You see them all. I would say if you're averaging the whole between conventional, FHA, VA, that's probably pretty fair. I would say FHA is probably a little bit higher, um, but it really just depends on the program. Yeah. Because, Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. So anyway... Interesting, and if you're you know married or you're uh, thinking about buying a home with someone, just know that there are potentially creative options for you that don't involve the obvious answer. Maybe it's a little bit deeper than that, mm-hmm. and so we can take a look at that. Last thing, and uh, we only got a couple minutes to go in the show this week, but um, I I think that something that you know we've talked about on the show over and over again: housing prices, what's going on, these multiple offer situations, people having a tough time finding the home. The interesting thing is that, you know, from a few years ago, it is easier to qualify for a mortgage now. It was very difficult a few years ago. Just from your guys' perspective, because it is a hot home buying season. Mm -hmm. I mean, whenever people, I run into people, you know, whether it be at a restaurant or, you know, wherever I am, they always come, hey, you know, man, it's hard to find a house right now. I'm having a hard time finding a house. What are you guys' thoughts just on the market and, you know, the ease of qualifying for the mortgage, you know, compared to where we were a couple of years ago? I just need your take. I think it. I think it's a lot easier. I've, uh, some of the guidelines are a little bit more lenient now. Um, but, again, you know, it is tough to find a home right now. Yeah. Um, and it is something that it is a seller's market 100%, and I think that eventually that's going to come to a head. And people are going to have uh, a lot harder time finding homes or they've gotten themselves into a position where now they're looking to sell a home that they might have bought three years ago because they are already looking to upgrade because they didn't think about it at the time of like, hey, I, you know, I'm going to spend a little extra money right now like we were talking about. Yeah. Um, and then they realize now, well, now i got to upgrade because I have a family i got to take care right. of or we're starting to have kids or we're going to get married soon. So, I, You know, I would just say advice to even if you're not a first-time home buyer is the market is very different from what it was 20 years ago 10 years ago five years ago and there isn't just a one-size-fits-all mortgage and a lot of people have this idea in their head that there's only you know 
if you put 20% down, you avoid PMI. If you do X, Y, and Z, you know, that's the only way you're going to get a mortgage. And that's not true. And I would encourage people to fully disclose and, and get the right team on board yeah. with you between your realtor, you know, your mortgage company, your insurance agent. It's crazy how people don't realize how important that is. Yeah. When you have the right team of people helping you, your process, you know, even if you have bumps, will still seem smooth because you have the right people. And they're working together. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and if you pick, the, especially with the loan officer part in the mortgage company, if you pick the right person and company, you have somebody that's literally like fighting for you. Yeah. You go to, you know, Big Schmo, Joe Schmo Bank, yeah, they may be able to get it done, but you're not going to get the attention you're going to get from somebody that right. like is truly an advocate for you getting into this house and being right. a homeowner. Good stuff. Uh, another great show in the books. Great, great insight, guys. Appreciate it. And uh, Patrick, see you again next week. Yeah. Okay. I'll be here. Thanks Casey, are you, what do you think? Another guest appearance, maybe? Always. I mean, when Tiffany hears this, Casey's going to be nudging her way up. She may be <laughs> hosting the show. I could be out. It's great having you on the show this week. Yep. Great, great perspective. Come up with my new uh, show name then. New show name? Yeah. Okay, something cool, <laughs> like a nickname kind of a thing? Yeah. For sure. I'm into it. All right, for everybody here at the Best Darn 12-Minute uh, Real Estate and Mortgage Podcast in the World, I'm David Hall, and we will see you next week.